Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as promised, our uh, segment here is going to focus on what's in a name. In particular, what's in the name Dixie State University. Uh, There is a bill currently up on Utah's Capitol Hill talking about changing that name. Uh, And uh, we had the opportunity to sit down recently with uh, Dixie State University President uh, Richard Williams and uh, talk about why the name change, what the focus is, and what's actually happening. Uh, our good friend Lee Lonsbury is going to join us in just a second and uh, weigh in on some of his conversations uh, around this uh, topic of what's in a name. Uh, but let's start first uh, just getting some backstory uh, from President Williams in terms of what this process has been and uh, where he expects it to go. You know, this has been uh, an ongoing discussion really for the past 30 years, but uh then this summer, when some of the discussion happened and then our local hospital changed their name, I had heard for the past five or six years, many students coming to me and saying, you know, this name is 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 affecting me. I'm at a medical school interview. I get seven minutes to sell myself, five minutes it takes to to, to describe Dixie and the name. And, and it's really, you know, an, an, an impediment. And so. Once some things happened this summer, those emails became more and more frequent, and that's what warranted the, the, the study. Many people have asked, well, did BLM contact you? Did Antifa? Did the far left? None of that happened. Uh, it was our students that were reaching out and our alumni saying, can you please look at this? Can you please listen? That's Dixie State University uh, President uh, Richard Williams uh, talking about this this need to to change the name and how it's affecting. And that's uh, that was one of the things that really struck me was you know if students who have this opportunity as they graduate they're going to interviews uh, to get jobs and if they have seven minutes to impress the recruiter and they're spending five of it explaining the name Dixie State and where it came from and what it means and what it doesn't mean, uh, that's not good for the institution. Uh, If the institution was solely locked into Washington County and in that little geographic area, that's one thing. Uh, But to me, it's very clear uh, that the university has a much broader vision in terms of their influence in the West and beyond. Uh, and so to me, that's uh, one significant reason just uh, just to look at that alone. Uh, I want to bring in our good friend uh, Lee Lonsberry, KSL News Radio's live mic. And uh, Lee, you've been talking about this uh, a little bit over the last couple of days. And uh, you've had some very fascinating conversation with folks uh, on all sides of the issue and some people from uh, down in the St. George area. Uh, just give us a little perspective. Uh, what What are you hearing? 
So it is, it's incredibly split, if I'm honest, and it splits among demographic lines, specifically age. Older folks, uh, they are entrenched, they are into history, they are into heritage and tradition, and are very slow to uh, be excited about change. I gleaned that from a number of phone calls I've made with folks in the area. We opened up the program yesterday to phone calls, uh, but there was one conversation in particular I had with a name you're certainly familiar with, and uh, folks who follow the goings-on in the Utah State Legislature, they'll recognize this name, uh, and that is Dave Clark, yeah. former Speaker of the Utah House, currently Chair of the Board of Trustees at the at Dixie State University. Right. He, he has had uh, a fascinating evolution of thought on this issue. In fact, when it first became a topic of conversation last year, uh, and the year before last, actually, uh, he had a conversation with the president uh, of, of Dixie State and said, hey, listen— if if there are going to be conversations surrounding changing the name of this of this place uh, that I have you know attended myself sent all my children through here I have such a warm affection not only for the university but for what it represents I don't want to be a part of this so take me off the board wow I don't want to be associated in any shape or form with the with the change of this name and what happened was uh, a study was commissioned uh, some more conversations took place similar to the ones that you just shared as voiced by the president there that ultimately led a former speaker and now uh, board uh, trustee chairman uh, Dave Clark uh, to come around to his thinking uh, is now that we need to be forward looking yeah. and that the impact on the professional futures of graduates of this fine university, uh, they need to be taken into consideration. And we need to think about the, the the future of the university itself. And if that's held back by, just as you uh, characterized there, having to spend a healthy percentage of all your interactions with those on the outside explaining why yeah. Utah's got Dixie in the name of one of its public institutions, uh, maybe it is time to rethink something. And that is not a betrayal of tradition but rather safeguarding it for the future. Yeah, that's so important. And uh, I want to go to uh, another uh, comment from President Williams. Uh, this was in front of the uh, combined Deseret News and KSL News Radio uh, editorial boards uh, earlier this week. And he talked about really trying to get this to a good compromise. This is not a current student versus the community kind of issue. You know, do you make a decision what's best for the community or what's best for students or can we find some common ground? You know, it's clear from the data that uh, we're going to have some issues as an institution if we don't uh, serve these students. Um, we are concerned with our community. We don't want them to be hurt. We don't want the heritage to go away. We love the community we live in. This is purely a, a, um, a decision that's made, made that's what's best for our students and for the university moving forward. Uh, so, again, that's university uh President Richard Williams weighing in there. And, of course, there is this official bill now. HB 278 is the bill. Uh, I was uh, a little surprised uh, that there, there was a press conference the other day. Uh, a lot of those uh, representatives are saying, well, you know, I, I'd like to see a little more study. <laughs> I'd like to, well, like to wait until after the 2022 election cycle, uh, because as you pointed out, Lee, uh, a lot of this is divided on on demographic lines, sure. and many are worried about uh, the older residents down there who do show up, who do vote, uh, and, and not wanting to lose that. Uh, and to me, that's 
Uh, that's a real challenge. Because if you're making a political decision rather than what's best for the people decision, you're not making the best decision. As many efforts as there are uh, here on this station and elsewhere far and wide, uh, rock the vote, getting the young folks out to vote, uh, that is still a task that we are yet to uh, 100% accomplish. And so it is, especially in re- retirement communities, as uh, you know, a good portion of Washington County is, uh, it's the older folks that are uh, casting the votes. They're the ones showing up at the ballots, uh, you know, so to speak. We're, uh, you know, vote by mail place now. Uh, but that brings me back to that conversation I had with Dave Clark. Yeah. If anyone is going to sway, first off, he's beloved in the community. He is yeah. beloved here on uh, Utah's Capitol Hill. And if he has had a change of mind, I-, I wonder if for the voters in that region and for those who are on the fence here on Utah's Capitol Hill, if his evolution almost gives them uh, permission uh, to go forward yeah. with a change like this, if he ends up being the standard bearer for, uh, you know, the the good acceptable reasons for for a, such a change. Yeah, fantastic, uh, great insight as always, Lee Lonsberry. Join us; you can hear him coming up at twelve thirty on Live Mike, and uh, it is going to be interesting. There are some hearings today. There'll be some testimony today up on Utah's Capitol Hill, uh, and my my take on all of this uh, is that if you look at that, if the your argument for not changing it is the heritage or paying homage to the, the pioneers, the trailblazers, uh, that really settled that area and made it what it is today. Uh, I would do what they did. The, the pioneers, the trailblazers, they always had to evaluate and anything that slowed them down, held them back, or was no longer useful to carry forward. They had to get rid of. Uh, that is the pioneering way. And then they would have to make the same decisions every day. What is most important? What is of value? What will help us as we continue to pursue this pioneering journal journey, this trailblazing journey, uh, and only take that? And I think there are so many things that can be taken forward uh, with the university outside of the current name uh, that I think that's worth looking at. It's also very important, as we mentioned earlier, uh, that this is expansive, you know, 40 Two uh, percent uh, of students are coming from other areas, uh, and they say the name makes them less likely to attend uh, Dixie State University. Sixty-two uh, percent of the people in southwestern Utah, forty-six percent statewide, uh, you know, think well they can hold on to it somehow. But I think it's a discussion that we've got to have. Uh, I think it's an easy shift to move forward. I think it can be done uh, in concert with the students, with the university, and with the people of the community. Uh, and get to a place that they can really honor that trailblazing spirit that is found uh, down in St. George. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for a bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about uh, how you actually get to a point of courageous vulnerability dealing with anxiety. I'm Boyd Matheson. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.